You're listening to the Charge Forward audio blog by Chargebacks 911, bringing you the latest in payments and fraud. To learn more about how Chargebacks 911 can help you reduce chargebacks and recover revenue lost to fraud, visit us online at chargebacks911.com. This episode is a replay of a webinar entitled The Home Cart Advantage and features experts from Chargebacks 911 and Verifone. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get the ball rolling here this morning. Um, thank you again, everyone, for joining us today. Um, my name is Jared Wright, uh, the marketing lead here at Chargebacks 911. Uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar with Chargebacks 911, uh, we help merchants by identifying and preventing chargebacks before they happen. And then we help uh, merchants refute illegitimate chargebacks that um, are filed against them. Um, also presenting today, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I'm going to try, uh, Stefan Chinusa. Chinusha, sorry, uh, who who is the uh, product lead in payments and compliance for Verifone. Um, Stefan, did you want to take a moment just to tell us a little bit about what uh, Verifone does before we get started here today? Hi, everyone. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So Verifone is one of the world leading payment organization, uh, and we provide payment solution for the world's most trusted brands for over 40 years. So we basically handle payments, Jared. Great. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to have Stefan here today. Um, today's webinar, I think, is going to be a little bit different than what um, what we've done in the past. Um, at Chargebacks 911, with this series, what our goal is is to bring our audience great information that will help them reach the ne- next level within their business. And today's topic about is about how merchants can expand their business into two markets and deal with challenges of those markets effectively. Um, uh, This is an area of interest for me, uh, but it's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. So uh, the first part of the webinar will be largely presented by Stefan. Um, I'm real excited to see it and and I'm uh, hoping you guys are looking forward to it as well. The second portion of the webinar will be fairly visual, or excuse me, the first portion um, will be fairly visual. So it's important that if possible, you close other windows and kind of kind of give uh, Stefan your attention. Um, the second portion of the webinar will be a Q&A where we answer some of the questions that were submitted. Um, this portion will be less visual, so if uh, you just want to kind of listen to that part, you can. Uh, please feel free to submit any questions that you have during the webinar. We promise to answer any questions submitted, if not live, then by email after the webinar. Um, also, this webinar will be available for replay starting tomorrow. Um, Not all the Q&A portion will necessarily be included in the recording, however, so we encourage you to stay with us today to get the maximum value out of this event. Uh, Lastly, this and other webinars will eventually be released in audio form on our podcast. So if you're an audio learner, I encourage you to search Charge Forward, all one word, with Chargebacks 911, however you listen to podcasts. Okay, um, I usually, uh, Stefan, like to start these webinars with a dumb question. I think it's important in life to be unafraid to, to uh, ask dumb questions. And so I've uh, used this uh, webinar series as an opportunity to sort of force myself to ask a dumb question because I have um, these, you know, the opportunity to speak with different industry experts. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to be too afraid to do that. So. Um, do, do you mind if I uh, embarrass myself or if I uh, kind of ask you a dumb question that I should probably know? There are no dumb questions, so go ahead. 
great. Well, this is actually a question I had because, um, you know, when we reached out to you guys, I believe we reached out to to, to check out um, and then we got a response back from Verifone. And we've had a couple of conversations. I know that um, uh, Verifone and to, uh, essentially acquired to check out. Uh, so you, you're kind of kind of a bigger company now. Um, but you guys were initially, if I'm if I'm not uh, mistaken, you guys were sort of on the two checkout side. Um, but uh, I, I guess could you just kind of walk me through the two checkout, what you guys, what your background is, and then and what Verifone is, and then maybe give our audience a sense of uh, you know what this new brand, um, the the mission of the new brand is. Yeah, actually it's a, it's an old brand. So Verifone is around for 40 years. Two checkout has 20 or more. Uh, to check out is uh, a leading platform in terms of e-commerce. So uh, uh, when Verifone acquired to check out, they did that to expand, expand their e-commerce business. Verifone is already one of the biggest um, uh, companies in providing payment solutions in store. They also want to uh, go on top with e-commerce well. So this is like a package built right now. So that's that's uh, the deal in uh, to check out and very phone. Great. All right. Okay. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Let me give you mouse control if I can do it real quick. Um, and then I'm just going to go on mute unless I have a another uh, dumb question. And uh, you should be good to go. Thank you. Thank you. So. One recurring question that we get from our partners is, why go global? Well, the main reason for going global is that as a business, you want to tap into those 5.5 trillion that are expected in e-commerce by the end of 2022. Also, um, you as an online business can expand across borders and not limit your reach when it comes to potential revenue. As you can see on the slide, the, the revenue is, is split between countries, regions, take it however you want. Well, I know that for some stores, especially the ones that are selling physical goods, the effort might be larger. And this is why it's best to have the right tools to reach shoppers outside your country, region, continent, and speak their e-commerce language. So I'm going to talk about localization but uh, here's the plan. First, uh, I'll give you some insights into using local payment methods. Then we'll go through how optimizing the card flow can bring you revenue increases. And finally, I'll also mention a, a bundle of small card localization methods. Uh, you may already know some of these localization methods in theory, but today I'll try to give you some insights that you might know and put some numbers on them as well. So when we are talking about localizing buying experience, we are not just talking about language. We are talking about currencies, exchange rates, payment methods, taxation, compliance, and many, many, many other things. And looking at our global tests, we can see that 70% of customers are more likely to finish their ordering process if the shopping cart is in their native language and their preferred payment method is listed. This should be the starting point when opening up new markets. So next, it's a beautiful slide with 
Yeah, I, I have a little bit of delay, so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for things to load. So, uh, global, uh, globally, local payment methods account for 50% of the total purchase being made online. But this number increases. Uh, in certain countries, local payment methods have more than 50% of market share. That means that every other, other person that visits your online shop wants to pay in something local. Make no, you should make no mistakes. These countries are not emerging, emerging e-commerce countries, but countries in which, in which e-commerce has been established long time ago. These are countries like the Netherlands, Germany, or a lot of Asian countries where wallets are the preferred payment method. So if we have a look on some of them, we can see that shoppers in the Netherlands are highly inclined to use Ideal as the preferred payment option, which is an account-to-account -account type of payment method. But in China, shoppers prefer to pay via wallets such as Alipay or WeChat. Turkey and Brazil, on the other hand, rely on installment availability, while other countries, shoppers will need to see their local branded cards, such as card banker in France, Dankwart in Denmark, Rupay in India, Troy in Turkey, and so on. So having the availability of payment methods in the shopping cart will not always be enough, uh, and your checkout check page needs to be dynamic on how the information is displayed. The basic functionalities that uh, you need to have is language options for the customer to better understand what information is needed. Taxation needs to be displayed according to local regulation, and payment methods needs to be displayed in the countries that are relevant. So uh, it doesn't make any sense to display ideal if the, uh, the billing country, for example, is United States, even if it's possible for a Dutch person to travel in, in, uh, in the U.S. Also, uh, now that we are all set with the language and payment methods, you need to adapt your shopping cart experience. We've done quite a lot of testing in our card flows, and it turns out that there are big regional preferences when it comes to length of the flow. For example, U.S. shoppers prefer a one-page flow where the summary and checkout pages are combined and there is no review page. However, some European shoppers like to have that review page present in the second step of the flow. On the next slide, I'll show you our findings from the A-B test that we've run uh, on a small merchant. And you can see the variations between USA and Canada, Germany and UK. So there are different preferences, even if we are talking about uh, customers or shoppers that are on the same continent. Okay, another thing is multi-currency management which also helps you in, in, uh, in authorization rate. Most tools uh, that I've presented above in, in, the above in the previous slides help you convert better. But we also need to talk about authorization because it's not enough to improve the flow until the customer clicks, clicks submit on the payment page, but you also need to make sure that the payment goes through. Cards or any other payment methods will have a higher chance of being authorized by the issuer if they are processed in the local currency. In short, or as an example, cards issued in the U.S. will have a higher chance of being processed in USD than, for example, Polish slots. Uh, 
Currency management is one important factor when it comes to authorization rates and also builds trust between the shop and the customer. So if we are talking about building trust to the customer, you should also adapt the pricing according to what is, what is acceptable in that country or region, with decimals or without decimals, with 0.99 or 0.95 and so on. This is a thing that we call pretty pricing, and I would really advise you to use it when you have the chance, at least in, in the regions where you have higher sales or you use promotions. Uh, intelligent payment routing is another interesting tool uh, that will increase the authorization rate and can also be applied to a local level. It's always best to try and process a card as close as possible to the issuer uh, or even at that issuer if available. So as an example, a German-issued card by Deutsche Bank will always have a better authorization rate if processed first uh, through an European acquiring acquiring bank, or even better if it's processed on a German uh, acquiring bank, and the best one if is that you as a merchant had have a direct connection to Deutsche Bank to process the car directly there. So when looking for a global solution, try to find those payment service provider that can offer multiple integrations. I mean, have a single integration uh, with them as a merchant and for them to have multiple integrations to acquiring banks. During the authorization process, you might also want to take some steps in terms of mitigating risk. But please be aware that these types of tools might have a negative impact in some regions or countries and a very positive impact in others, not to mention that regions such as Europe or India, they are mandatory. So let's have a quick look on, uh, on some countries, the first one being Netherlands. Ideal is by far the preferred payment option, and it is used in over 30% of orders that are originating in the Netherlands, following by traditional cards, SEPA wallets, SEPA wallets, and buy now, pay later solution. Ideal is the type of payment method that's its account to account. Uh, basically, the shopper, I think I have it in the next slide, actually. So uh, it presents the local banks, uh, and the shopper will be uh, able to select one of them. Uh, it will, uh, they will be redirected to their bank uh, to their bank to sign the transaction, and uh, then the transaction will get authorized. Other things that you should take in consideration is that shopping cards should be displayed in Dutch, the local language. Payment need to be displayed in Euro, and you need to display the 21% VAT rate in the shopping card, receipt and invoice. Applying the correct localization options inside their shopping carts has brought this merchant a 26% increase in conversion rates for Dutch sales. Now, shifting to the other side of the world, we can take a look at Brazil. This is one of the countries where local processing or local acquiring is the best way to go, since almost three quarters of the issued cards are not enabled for cross-border payments. This means that if you as a merchant have an acquiring agreement with the bank in the United States, shoppers with cards issued in Brazil might not be able to pay on your website. 
uh, getting a, a contract or an acquiring agreement with the bank in Brazil uh, also enables local processing and you get access to local features such as installment payments, but also local card brands such as EloCard or HyperCard. And on local alternative payment methods, we need to talk about Boleto. And together with the options mentioned earlier, we have seen a boost of 90% in terms of authorization rate. And that's how uh, we managed to build trust with shoppers in Brazil. Here is an example of a shopping cart in Brazil where dynamic fields are also required, like uh, CPF or CNPJ, uh, which is a taxpayer identification number, which is mandatory for e-commerce in Brazil. And only by displaying the currency uh, in Brazilian real can bring a 25% increase in conversion rate. Now, since uh, I am getting near the end of the presentation, I went really quickly through the items. I hope I've made myself very clear, but I'm also waiting your questions. I want to go uh, just a little bit through um, the revenue recovery tools. So what happens after the first order is uh, is placed and you have returning customers? This is uh, also applicable on local processing, but it has uh, a global flavor to it. Because these tools are designed to help you have lower churn and high authorization rate for returning customers and subscriptions as well. There are four major, major tools that you can implement. The first one is account update or network tokenization tools. Uh, this will ensure that the payment method on file that, uh, uh, that you have as a merchant and you can use for returning customers is always up to date. Expiry card handler with retry logic uh, would retry the payment and update the payment deta details during specific localized times. So, for example, example in the U.S., uh, it's better to retry the payment after the 15th or uh, after the 30th of the month because that is typically when the U.S. citizens are paid. While in the U.K., people are typically paid monthly, so it's best to try the payment right after the first day of the month. As for dunning management, you need to make sure that you are speaking the language of the customers the, with localized emails. Each tool can have an uplift in terms of revenue. So if uh, it's, it's okay to try and implement uh, any, uh, one that, uh, any of the tools that you want. My advice uh, when going local is to always try to test different flows um, and to see which one converts better. You can test for 10% of the customer, 50 customers, 50% of the customer. You can test uh, just locally in just one region or one country. But these kind of tools will always be, bring a positive impact to your revenue. So, Jared, I think it's back to you with the questions. Okay. Let's see. All right. Yeah, we had a we had a few questions um, uh, that were asked today. Let's see, it looks like I've lost 
control now. There we go. Um, <clears throat> the first one was from Bernard. Bernard uh, wants to know what currency conversion options are available for merchants. Like, how, how should um, Bernard sort of start this process? What, what, what are the options that he should look at? So, uh, Bernard should also always look at, um, um, depends on how many countries Bernard want, wants to tackle. If we are talking about uh, two, three, five countries, then he can go with manual options and update the currencies whenever possible. Now, it really depends on the type of product that is being sold here. If we are talking about um, uh, physical products, then it's best to have an automatic conversion tool behind it. Dynamic currency conversion is also an option, but that is advisable when you are selling a large number of products and you have a high number of sales. So you can go with an automatic conversion tool, which is embedded in most of platforms that you have, e-commerce platforms that you uh, that are available right now, with dynamic conversion or even with manual conversion uh, for, for online sales. Great. And I'm assuming that Verifone offers uh, these solutions uh, to, to their merchants. Yes. Yeah, all of them are available. All right. So, Jacob, thank you, Jacob, for asking a chargeback question, even though this wasn't a chargeback webinar. Um, this is, you know, and I've answered this question a bunch of different ways. It's, um, you know, if merchants want to lower chargebacks. It really depends on what that means and what and what they're. Um, what they're trying to achieve. If, if, if your interest in lowering chargebacks is protecting your processing, so that is to say, you've got a business model that, you know, is uh, prone to chargebacks, and so you're, you know, up around that 0.8, and you're um, at risk of breaching a, a, a threshold with your processor or even with the card schemes, um, then some there's there's a lot of really great tools that are called pre-chargeback alerts, and those tools what they do is they enable you to avoid the chargeback, um, the um, uh, issuing bank, so the customer's bank um, will alert you through the alert network um, that there's been somebody that wanted to dispute a charge, and you can avoid the chargeback mechanism entirely and all the fees and the liability that comes with the chargeback by just agreeing to refund the transaction. Um, so those are really good. Those will usually lower anywhere from 20, 30, sometimes upwards of 40, depending on, depending on a few factors of the uh, percent of the chargebacks that you would receive. And so that'll bring you down from that 0.8 to down around a 0.6 and, and really make sure that your processing is protected and, and you don't have any issues there. Um, there's also options that are available for, um, merchants that have a high number of sort of like um, chargebacks that come through as criminal fraud, where um, you're, you, you think that a majority of them or many of them are actually instances of friendly fraud. And basically what those tools allow you to do is um, when somebody contacts their bank uh, and says, hey, I don't recognize this charge, the bank, really the only option they have is to, to take the, the customer's word and say, okay, well, this must be a case of criminal fraud. Somebody, his credit card number must have been compromised. Um, what it these tools enable you to do is respond to those um, issuing banks with additional information in real time. Um, so it gives the uh, issuing banks some additional um, insight into the transaction. So maybe, for example, the customer, you know, didn't recognize the charge, said, I didn't make this charge. The bank could say, well, hey, 
it was a pair of blue shoes that you know uh, and and a white shirt or whatever it's that's kind of a simple example but it provides some uh, transaction and some purchase detail information so that um, that case of accidental or you know maybe um, nefarious uh, 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 fraud can be circumvented and you can avoid the chargeback that way if what you're trying to do is just reduce the number of chargebacks that you're receiving just from a financial standpoint, so you just all you want to do is chargebacks are costing you money, you're having these disputes, you're having to deal with them, um, then I would look first at making sure that you don't have a criminal fraud liability. Many merchants don't, but some merchants do. Um, so, so get that under control. And then just look at your operations, right? Um, speak to your customer service department, try to get a sense of what the issues are that are coming in, because most chargebacks or a, a good number of chargebacks that happen that aren't very clear cases of criminal fraud are a dispute of some type. So there's some, some, something that's going on where the customer, for whatever reason, didn't feel comfortable or couldn't contact you um, to, to resolve the uh, uh, situation directly with you. So that, so, so that, that'd be the, the third area that I would look. Um, there's no magic bullet. You're not going to be able to get rid of all instances of friendly fraud or chargebacks if you transact in a card not present space. Okay. And then this will be kind of the last question. Um, so I'm going to give, uh, you know, we'll, we'll answer this question and then um, this will be it. Is, it. is there any data on the impact of customer confidence from offering local currency? I know you talked a little bit about this, but um, is, is there any studies or how do you guys think about that value? Does it really make that big a difference? Yes, it makes a lot of difference. So um, I was I was mentioning Brazil a little bit earlier, and uh, there we've seen uh, 25% uh, increase in conversion rate. That means confid uh, customer confidence because if we look at the funnel of how an, an online order takes place, first you need to look at the conversion rate, meaning making the shoppers click that pay button, and then you have to look at, at uh, authorization rate. Uh, and it really is different from one country to another. Uh, for example, if uh, we take Poland, which is in Europe, but they have Polish slots, uh, they are okay with purchasing in, in euros or US dollars. Uh, but there are countries in which uh, the conversion rate has an impact of over 40% when it comes uh, to displaying the local currency. So, yes, uh, there is a high impact. And I strongly advise you to display the uh, the prices in local currency. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I imagine it, it, it's a it's a pretty big deciding factor. I, I know that you know I think in the United States it's a little different because so much of the e-commerce is is in dollars. Um, but but when I see um, pounds or euros or something like that on something, you know, it's a it it's, it's really it, yeah it it. You you start asking yourself about the uh, the business and yeah. how serious it is, you know? Right, right. I, I think that's I think that's a safe bet. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna go ahead and um, sign off here. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Hopefully, um, you got some uh, piece of information from uh, from this webinar that uh, is going to be valuable for you and your business. If there's anything that uh, Stefan or I talked about today. Um, that, uh, you know, or if you just would like to learn more about what Verifone or Chargebacks 911 does, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, 
if we don't know the answer, I'm sure that uh, Stefan or Mio make an introduction to somebody that can that can help you. So, all right. Well, thank you everyone again for joining us. Um, I look forward to to next time. And uh, keep an eye out on your email. Um, we're going to send you a replay of the webinar tomorrow. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, Stefan.